Yes. Okay, man. Holy so, shit. Is this our new uh, workbook? Goodness. Yeah. So I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit Safari just to save on my yep, CPU. Yep, that's it. That's the podcast. Boom. Be excellent Okay. Thanks for joining us. You know, <laughs> 41 episodes in and still not free of uh, of the technical issues. I, I wouldn't no, say we're... But pl- I did purchase... I did purchase a uh, loop back. So, you know, I'm almost there. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting but. legit, man, with, <laughs> with this. We only have 35 minutes of uh, what I'm going to call a Patreon. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you could put it in there because you've been recording myself on your end. Right. So we could Correct. always throw yeah, that we'll in there. We'll just cut the gaps out. Goodness. Because there's silent gaps where nothing is happening yeah. for a long time. Damn. Uh, God, what song are we doing? this Dude, week? you know what? I wish I wish this were so easy. I- David, that I don't even know what would be a what would be a funny way of saying something that's so easy. What what could do it? Uh, something so. E- oh right, yeah. If, if <laughs> I'm just a, what's my favorite oh, SNL yeah. sketch? I'm just a kid. I didn't even have that lined up. <laughs> I know. I'm just a humble caveman. <laughs> the caveman lawyer, baby. Oh. It's so easy. Oh, uh, this song yes, could do it. Yes, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. We, this is Jimmy this Pod. This is Jimmy Pod. My goodness. <laughs> there, that was, oh, that was a nice 45-minute lead-in that's been condensed down to about two minutes. But, Tight. hey, look, man, we're going we're gonna to see how this fares. I, I'm excited for it. So yes. far, so good. We do have a chat module. I mean, we always do the iMessages thing, but still, we have, we have a chat yes. module. I know. I, I felt like I was so on top of it. I was like, I'm going to send a, a, a watch together link really early and all of this stuff. So yeah. anyway, uh, I have very little housekeeping. One is that I was listening back to the My Sundown episode and um, uh, the you had mentioned the user on uh, song meanings was X Pank Frist. And I kept calling him S X Pank Friston. Yeah, I know. And the issue is, is that uh, when I copied and pasted the username, it auto corrected, deleted the space because it's a different font size for the username and on than the date. So every username I was copying out of song meetings. <laughs> what ended in O-N and Friston just didn't stand out to me as being weird. So anyway, that's just me wanting to correct that for my own okay. sanity. Yeah, I thought you had um, just, uh, you were you got in your head, you weren't even looking at it anymore and you just thought of Kristen and when you frisked. Right. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't think <laughs> think about correcting you. Um, And then uh, lastly, uh, Futures Past doesn't even know that we had James Atkins on the podcast last week. <laughs> But James Atkins was on the podcast last week, and hopefully people aren't too mad at us. Yeah, um, because it was James James Atkins. Yes, uh, just not the James Atkins. And I was listening to it again while I was walking through Costco today, and he talked about seeking out other James Atkins. So I'm like, should we get more James All Atkins? Right. <laughs> well, this yeah, that this this, this just James happened Adkins. happened to be the James Ad, James Atkins that is a, a musician uh, and a well-known one. Um we did what? Did we shared it or teased it rather? I mean, even though I said at the very beginning of that uh, interview what uh, you know, we didn't lead anyone astray, but we had to tease tease our our closest of friends. So we we put that yeah, out yeah, to the totally. Patreon group and 
and who was it that came back immediately and said, unless it's the other James Adkins that's uh that's got music out there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Somebody. Uh, let's knew. see. I think Kevin. Yeah, I think that it was uh, Kevin. Who, who got? Yeah, Kevin got excited, and I was like, "Why don't you just check the tags on that?" Yeah, that, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, you know what? It was a great uh, little chat, man. And you know what? You and I. It was, and I'm really glad, like, because like I teased in the episode, I had discovered him. I had to be ten years ago now. Uh, and he's always been on my mind. So I'm I think it was a very good interview. I think you nailed it. And um, I think we have a really good interview this week, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Futures Past says, I remember last FM having trouble with figuring out who was who for a while. <laughs> he even mentions that on the episode. Right. There was another uh, song that had the same title as one of his songs. And uh and it was showing up like in his yeah, and it's actually uh, in the in the the Google uh, search snippet yeah, and and it was the one that I picked up because incredible. it was it and it didn't fit. I mean, maybe that's why I had mentioned it because it didn't seem like yeah. it fit. <laughs> Let me see if I put James that's Atkins' right. music. Yeah, it was uh, Ghosts. No, um, I'm sorry. He said what it was yeah. something to do with the weekend or Friday or yeah, yeah. And I'm something. looking at this listing again. I'm not seeing it in here. Uh, it caught my eye, and I, I picked the wrong one because he's only got. A, oh yeah, that's what oh. it was. Consistency. Any given Friday, P H R I D A Y, and that's what Friday it was. The P H didn't really sit well with me. I was like, eh, it doesn't sound like something James Adkins. Ah, I see, I see. The uh, the you know this musician, musical artist. <laughs> that's what he's listed yeah. as. Uh, so I did want to talk about Kevin Brown wrote uh in with thoughts on Bye Bye Love. Um, uh, I see lie as the act of lying. Uh, so he says, uh, what, what's the lyric in Bye Bye Love? Lie with you. Um, th- those are the lyrics. Don't look them up. I am looking them <laughs> up right now. I couldn't stand to lie with you. <laughs> I couldn't stand to lie with you. I see lie as the act of lying, that the narrator is lying to themselves about what the nature of the relationship is. At this point, carrying memories. That is the death of love. Love is trust. As it is said in Letterkenny, which is a show I've never seen. Have you seen Letterkenny? I haven't. People say it's funny. Mm. Letterkenny. No, no. Uh, But I loved the idea of this concept of bye-bye love. That is the uh, the degradation of what love is. Um, Or a nanny saying goodbye, like we talked about in the episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, love. (laughs) Bye-bye, love. Um, so that's all the housekeeping I think I had for this week. Um, otherwise, uh, we can get into cavemen. Yes. Yeah. What if it is cavemen? No, I guess it would be men. Cavemen, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, but it is caveman. Uh, but not cavemen, but cavemen. Yeah, caveman. Oh, right. Yeah. A man of the cave. <laughs> and uh, uh, I uh, go ahead, man. I wrote down that this is track eight of 12. Uh, this is that West Kid Mark Trombino collab mm-hmm. uh, with Craig Aronson being the EP on this one. And I think we talked about it, but because uh, uh, I was listening to another static episode today that we did. Um, but Craig Aronson probably is like the overseer uh, that he's he's like kind of signed this band to Capital that was nobody's. And uh, whoever the big wig at Capital at that time was probably like, hey, man, you kind of have to Just like keep an eye on them. if you're going to sign them. You have to be there yeah. <laughs> you have to make sure they're not fucking around. <laughs> um, and they recorded this one at Sound Cities and Big Fish. Big Fish is the res- recording studio in San Diego where uh, Mark Trombino was working out of. 
And uh, that is how Blink got hooked up with Mark Trombino. They were touring Big Fish and Mark Trombino was in there working with somebody. And they were like, oh, that's the guy that did the Jimmy Eat World Record. We need that guy. And I recently came across what producer they were going to go with for Dude Ranch. Um, but when they saw Mark Trombino down there at Big Fish, they they went with Mark. Um, and this is uh, July 23rd. Whoa. Only a couple days yeah. for the wow! Look at what, that twenty fourth anniversary of this record, um, uh, from recording this anyway. Oh no, uh, release this record yeah. will be twenty four years old. Yeah, when uh, when this episode comes out, um, and it's a Tom song. Yes, much to much to the joy and the uh, yeah rejoice of of some of our fans here that, that you know Tom gets a lot of love, uh, more than more than I thought. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, strong tom fans out there yeah that uh i would say even in 2020 with the meme i posted today with the skater die yeah. uh skate shop punker guy um where he's like uh looky here kid you got two choices uh and he gives the two choices he gives you are um are uh tom song or jim song uh and i got pretty uh evenly split uh choices and somebody said, "Why not both?" And I think that's a really good point too. Yeah. What was oh, so? Um, so it was even even split. I was going to ask across. Uh, was it just on? Um, was that just on Reddit, or did you post the? Was it a poll? I posted it everywhere. Okay, I thought so. I, I kind of it made me chuckle a little bit. So it, I uh, posted it to our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I shared it out on Facebook, and then I shared it to the um, uh, what's it called? The uh, Jimmy Eat World fans mm. group. And then I even shared it on Chorus and some other places only because I thought it was funny. Um, and I don't even know if that's a meme format. I saw somebody randomly post the picture from the video game and I was like, this looks like a meme. Um, so I turned it into one. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. make. I don't know. Up, it looked sharp to I me. Like to I liked it. I did. Yeah, I love Skate or Die. What a great yeah, game. 1987, <laughs> man. I had um, I didn't have Skate or Die on Nintendo. I had um, what was the other one? Skate or die. That was not the one where the bees catch you when you take too long, right? That sounds right. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Then I did play. Um, let me just look at this one. I don't. I I did not remember that, but that that's conjuring memories for me. Yeah. And no, no. That the other thing that makes. Are you sure? Unless that was a Ninja Turtle game where the bees would come and get you if you took too long. No. Let me put in there any NES uh, skateboarding game. Or was it Back to the Future? No, it was not. Uh, it was 720. That's what it was. I'm going to put 720. Oh, oh, I see. Whoa. Which, uh, to me had a little bit for a game that came out a year before it, it had that isometric view. It was kind of like the angled overhead view. Yeah, man. And if you took too long, <laughs> yeah, the, the sound would change and that big grouping of bees would come chase you. That's tight, oh, man. I don't remember this game. Well, I think with this song, we're going to go, we're going to take a little bit of a trip back in time anyway. Because this this song evokes right. emotions and thoughts in my mind that I even mentioned to you a while back on we've got to make sure we talk about this. And there may be a film that we mention. Um, but first, let's let's just talk about before we even get into, into the lyrics. There is this is the first uh, sound effect that I've heard in a Jimmy Eat World song that's brought in, right? Yeah. And it brings us from the end of digits into right. Caveman. Right. Um, do you want to play a little bit of the end of digits into yeah, Caveman? Let me so just make sure the full transition. Yeah, let me make sure that this is uh, the automatic transitions off. Here we go.
Ooh, that Ooh, seventh yeah. chord. Is that a diminished or is that a seventh? It could what be that? just a minor. Mm. Yeah, it's a minor. Oh boy, you can already hear him in there, man. Four seconds before the song ends. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love this. Oh, that is such a cool transition. This reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. Because of the clicking or the uh, the crickets, right? The crickets, yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue bayou. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Have you eaten there? Yeah, baby. Uh, we have not. Uh, was it good food? <gasps> yeah, uh, it's okay. It's not amazing, but it's. I mean, it's probably like among the better food at Disneyland. There's a place that you when you walk out when you walk out of Pirates of the Caribbean and you 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 hook a right and you're heading back toward uh, Tom Sawyer's Island. Right on the very corner there, uh-huh. there was a place where we got Correct. bread bowls. That's not the same place, right? Okay, so the, yeah, the bread there, there's a bread bowl stand, and then there's a restaurant where you can get the bread bowls at the French Market. Oh, French Market, that's it. Okay, yeah, French Market, that's like a um, cafeteria style. That's what it was. You grab a tray, yep. and then you go down, and you say, oh, I'll take a bread bowl, please. Um, Delicious bread bowl, yeah, just yeah. a little, little out of my price range, yeah. man. Oh. And then Cafe Orleans is right there. Uh, maybe showing my fake fandom i think it's called cafe orleans is right there and they uh also have uh i like that place a lot because they have the monte cristo sandwich oh yeah um and that that location i think has there is like the blue bayou has the monte cristo and the cafe orleans has the monte cristo but one has two versions of the monte cristo one has the turkey and the ham and one just has one of them i think um (laughs) My guess would be that the Blue Bayou has, for some reason in my mind, Cafe Orleans has both options, and the Blue Bayou only has one option, and I would assume it's the ham, but uh, yeah. Yeah, if we're ever hanging then, out. Uh, yeah, there's so many. Hmm. What were you going to say? I was going to say, if, if, if we're ever hanging, hanging out at night in Disneyland, that's my area that I like to hang out in, is the whole like the New oh, Orleans yeah, Square man. area absolutely uh new orleans square has like some of the best restaurants because they also they just redid riverbell terrace which is across from tarzan's treehouse and then there is club 33 which most people can't get into but the food there is absolutely incredible and then uh you've got the mint julep bar and you've got uh um, across from haunted mansion is the harbor galley and they have great salads and sandwiches i think we need Um, to hire david park concierge next time our family goes to disneyland (laughs) because it seems like we're. i would absolutely love to take you guys to disneyland (laughs) i went with addison and i mean he he was a great host but uh um i don't know i think i need some some david park disneyland (laughs) let's do it (laughs) okay so yeah uh uh very blue bayou-y uh, yeah. At the beginning of this track, I absolutely love it. And then uh, Reddit is still grounded, but this like consistently is like the worst of the worst Jimmy Eat World songs, and I absolutely one hundred percent don't get it. I can only imagine that people just look at the name Caveman and say, "Oh, that song's got to suck." Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and that that's that's what I had to to think too. That's probably the lead. Well, I mean, if we looked at all of the track names that that Jimmy Eat World has ever put out, maybe we could compare it and say, nah, this is worse. Yeah, Caveman's up there, though, with with some of the worst titles for any track. Yeah, um, but it has the, I mean, a, a, 
uh, awesome sound effects that open it up, the really twinkly guitars, the loud, quiet dynamic yeah. that Jimmy World is so good at. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's nothing I dislike about this track, I don't think. Yeah, and I was listening to it again, <laughs> and it has it has elements of Rockstar and Claire in it to me. So yeah, it totally fits. I can hear Rockstar yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, and even when we were we, we were testing out the audio before, and you know Tom or I'm I'm assuming it's Tom doing that little uh, that little twinkly intro. It could be Jim, I'm not sure. But uh, Zach just comes in with the the stick the stick. Uh, what's it called when you hit this the rim? I guess it, it's like rim. They're not rim shots. They're like yeah, yeah but rim yeah. Taps. But I'm in my mind. My mind wanted to go duka, just because of that's how right. Yeah, you know, that's how start. <laughs> it's just where my mind went. So. Totally. It's got. It's definitely got feelings from there. I think my theory is that I don't know who took the sounds. If they, you know, this is 1996. I don't know if they downloaded any sounds or acquired some kind of uh, sound. But it is in stereo. That that sound is the crickets are recorded in stereo. That's true. My yeah. thought, because you can hear the accordion, is that this could potentially be Tom's actual backyard. Because his entire family is made up of musicians, there's a family photo of him and his family members where they have saxophones, basses, guitars. Um, I don't know if I can't recall if I ever saw an accordion in that, but yeah. I'm thinking that this may have been a recording that he did out in his own backyard with with crickets. I don't know. I have a second theory. I love that theory. However, the only reason I know this, of course, is Blink One Eighty Two. On the album Dude Ranch, there are several interludes full of sound effects, and they have talked about several times how much they loved the sound effects Mark Trombino just had laying around in the studio, and they used those on the album. Now, Blink's use of sound effects and Jimmy World's use of sound effects are very, very, very different, Um, but if uh, most the most apparent use of sound effects on Dude Ranch are right at the end of the record. The song I'm Sorry kind of like fades into this great feedback hit and it goes and goes and goes for like 20 seconds. And then the feedback hit stops and you hear a dog lapping up water and that's a sound effect. And (laughs) you hear Mark talking to the dog and then you hear somebody peeing in a toilet and then (laughs) it's like a whole thing like... I may have actually got that backwards. I think there's peeing in the toilet. Then there's a dog lapping up water. <laughs> and, and yeah, there's like kissing and horse sound effects and all kinds of stuff in that record. Um, and it was all done because Mark Trombino had this like, I don't remember if they were sound effects CDs at the time or if he had like a sound board that had these things. So it very well could be one or the other. On this it track. could be if you know for check sure, this out 484j yeah, check this out uh tom's mom plays accordion that sounds familiar i think you'd uncovered that before i may i don't know if i mentioned that she but it's it's just odd that there is an accordion in the background and i don't know if that's a, a generic sound effect off of mark trombino's it's funny that uh so that's at the end of the track yes. right yep. when you hear it fade out into the cricket skin you hear the accordion I, I did something for this episode. I haven't edited something for the podcast in a while, but I did edit something today. And until I was editing this thing, I'd never heard that accordion. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, here, let's um, listen to it real quick. Just I've bringing gotta... it into premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here it is. I'll turn it up a little bit. 
Anyway, you can barely hear it. It's very, it's very yeah. faint. And my thought is someone's in the backyard outside listening. I'm going to say this is recorded at Tom's house, and this is evidence that Tom's mom has played on a Jimmy Eat World record. What's, yeah. it, what's her name? Mrs. Linton. Yeah, well, just call her Mrs. Linton for the time being. So can- oh, gee whiz, Mrs. Linton. <laughs> Thanks for playing on my record. <laughs> um, and then uh, just to gush more about how uh, cool the little elements of this song are, the bridge, they have a, all this feedback in the bridge. And Jimmy World, early Jimmy World is so good at mitigating feedback. And it makes me think um, the... At the end of Dude Ranch, there's a great feedback loop, not a loop, but like this, this feedback, guitar feedback that ends the record that the, the, this great track called I'm Sorry, uh, plays off into oblivion. And instead of doing a board fade to silence, they board fade to feedback. And that's a Mark Trombino thing, I think. Hmm. Um, if only Trombino had done a Weezer record, right? Then we could, you know, then we could. The Weezer record he would have done would have been fucking Pinkerton, yeah, because there's so much feedback on oh, that yeah. record. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, did, do you want to? Uh, of course, I didn't write a timestamp down. That would require work. Yeah. Um, but do you want to try to play a little bit of the bridge, and we can hear some of that feedback? Work? Absolutely. Um, if you had to to uh, guess, two thirds of the way through. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. You're playing another track, I think. <laughs> dude, I'm playing. I was going to say, of, I, was like, I jumped like into gym, World of Sound. I was like, why does this not sound right? This is the weirdest bridge I've ever heard. I was like, Tom sounds so weird here. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even catching it. Here we go. Ooh, piano. Yeah, man. And you even hear the crickets again. So I think we're already past the feedback part, but yeah. Okay, let me cut one last try. I'll try it two, three, four, just for good luck. Here we go. I mean, I think the 90s were just like an embrace the feedback time, yep. right? A lot of big full stacks right behind you. Uh, a lot of garage yeah, playing. Man. So there's, yeah, there's there's guys in close quarters that are, that, you know, playing off of each other with their instruments for sure. Yeah. When I first started playing an electric stringed instrument, the first time I heard feedback, I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's something you can't recreate at I mean, well, to a degree. I mean, you can't play with other people. You can have feedback in your, in the room you're playing in if you're aiming right at the the amp, right? But it's just not necessarily the same when you're when you've got that vibe, the energy of having two, three, four other musicians in that same room and you're just kind of yeah. all vibing off of this. Before they pulled it down or made it go private, did you catch any other performance for Bottle Rock this I past did not weekend? No. Oh, so good. Um, and they played a praise chorus and Tom does this sick pick slide <laughs> into the first verse. And it made me think of like, again, when I was starting off in a band 
and uh ryan my my buddy ryan that played guitar in our punk band did a pick slide like at our first practice and i was like oh my god do it again <laughs> it was like, the coolest <laughs> thing i'd ever fucking heard <laughs> yeah but those are those things you can only use once or twice before they i mean honestly in one set before they get old another one is like the uh and a buddy of mine, Omar, hates this when bands do the bass slide that goes rear, but you can do that. You oh, know, yeah, you can yeah, do yeah. that. Uh-huh. I, you don't like that? No, I like or it. I don't mind it. But I imagine that. that you hear that two or three times oh, okay. in in a full live show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like hey, yeah, the third time's enough. <laughs> we heard it the first time. Same thing with a pick slide. <laughs> I love it. Just yeah, once totally. or twice, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's oh, hop man. into these lyrics, okay? Yeah. And, oh, and can we talk about last week we had a non-rhyming meter? Yeah. And I would say this is non-rhyming, right? Yeah. Yep. Done door down. So I thought down. that was sort of interesting. I don't know if we hadn't noticed it before. Is this very common with Jimmy World songs or or um or are we just did we happen to butt up these two songs against each other with with non-rhyming lines? Yeah. Anyway, I have weird theories about these lyrics. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, oh, let's dig so, in. okay, it starts off with a monster lives in your backyard. And maybe if people listen to they, they double click on uh, caveman and they listen to the first line is a monster lives in your backyard. Maybe they just peace out and say, I don't know about this song. So I, I, I feel like the intro makes up. And, and yeah, anything yeah, you could possibly you're right. say at any but, second thoughts. They but yeah, have. you're probably right. Like maybe this is what people remember. And they're like, no, fuck this song." right now. This could, uh, you know, aside from the the word monster. I mean that that has a, a that has a, a, a like a metaphor there or, or a figurative meaning. I think that this a monster lives in your backyard could mean literal or figurative. Uh, as we get go yes. through this, there were some unsung meanings that uh, that kind of caught my eye. A couple of different approaches to this, uh, and that the two by fours are making their way around. Yes, and I did you did you listen or look at song meanings? Um, Particularly August thirteenth, two thousand two um, submission from Justin Eat World. <laughs> no, I missed it. Yeah, uh, you know why? Because song meanings, nothing was upvoted a single time, and so I was like, oh, "This is too many to like wade through." Yeah. I'm not going to read anything that nobody upvoted. So yeah, sorry. No, let's read it to me. Okay, please. so I I went through and grabbed a couple that I thought were uh, that were I appreciate you yeah, doing man, that meaningful, work. representative of of my thoughts, my analysis of this. So Justin Eat World has to say, I think that... Oh, you're trying to find something that fits your narrative, Yeah, Justin. yeah. Is that what it well, is? Well, <laughs> oh, jeez. When you put it that way... <laughs> I think this song is awesome, at least music-wise. The beginning acoustic high notes are the best, and the crickets just make it seem like a summer night or something, which I get mm-hmm. that vibe. Summer night for sure. Uh, but I wonder what the hell Tom was singing about in this song. It must be either an acid or mushroom trip or a dream. It could also be about just realizing that cavemen once lived in your backyard and ate there and stuff, but I don't really know. <laughs> so there is that thought that right. um, there's that whole pensive, you're in your backyard kind of thinking, looking up at the stars, and, and you think to yourself, wow, several million years ago, there could have been something that was down below living here, not realizing what's going to be here millions of years later, which in the second second line of that first verse, the two by fours are making their way around. Now we're in the age of construction and and, and building and people living in homes and, and domiciles. Okay. That, that's where it, you, you kind of get into that deep feeling that, and I get that whole acid mushroom trip 
because I'm thinking of Bill and Ted and and one of them going, whoa, yeah, whoa, <laughs> that's deep. Yeah. So there's that there's that uh, that kind of perspective of just that thinking that a long time ago that there were there was another life form that was completely unaware of what would be here millions of years. You know, fast forward to 1996, where we are now. Um, the other one, which which kind of falls a little bit more in line to what I'm my line of thinking with this song is that AZ Kid uh, later, eight years later, so in 2010, they said this was probably about the rapidly changing landscape of our neighborhoods in the mid 90s here in Arizona. Developers have always controlled everything here, and all the open space we once enjoyed nearby our homes was likely already zoned and or permitted for development before anyone even got a chance to express an opinion. Whoa. Right? So doesn't that make sense for this type? Fuck, yeah, that's Mid-90s, it felt to me, especially around here in Ventura County, we weren't actually looking to live in a new home at that time, but we're like, hell, dude, there's so many new developments in this area. We're going to try out what the we're going to go into the the model homes and see what it's like they got the fake TVs up you know those plastic TVs yeah it, it was just a different all the bull-nosed edges there was there was no actual hard edges it was all the bull-nosed so that round edging on everything big windows just a difference from houses that probably you and I grew up in where they were built in the late 70s early 80s yeah totally different vibe so yeah that's where i'm thinking this is going is that the the where the past was this future where we are now is completely different it just seems to be a little more corporate and that leads me into that next the next uh, verse and none of this stuff was really labeled in in uh genius so i don't really have any re- point of reference no nothing was annotated right no. so then I-, I did have a theory uh-huh. um only because i was like okay this is 96 it's after this movie came out my <laughs> guess is that it's about the beast from the sand oh <laughs> wow um but they don't really use two by fours to try to get the ball no. back they use like a, a broom handle and then like a metal rod with a pot on the end of it and then they just go up from there but uh the monster lives in your backyard made me think of the beast oh man anyway <laughs> let's go on to the next uh okay so that's the first verse yeah. and then what do you, what would you call this <sighs> this is uh well, look uh, at how they break up. Like, yeah. Well, what's the? Where does the chorus start? The big get bigger. Maybe um, this would be the I big. Think it's, they, they've got a house sitting on its own. Yeah, but the music kind of goes and does some cool stuff there right. that feels chorusy. Like the song kind of blows up at that around a house. So is the whole chorus a house? So let's say this is the pre-chorus then. I've always considered the big get bigger when the fight's done to be the chorus, but it's a jump into the chorus after just two lines. Who yeah. knows? This is experimental. Oh, you know, Jimmy before Will. we move too too far ahead too, <laughs> Futures Past is wait on, on Discord. This is our first like live yes. uh, <laughs> live participation. Uh, uh, rewinding to a monster lives in your backyard. The monster could be the developer or the frame of this new house that wasn't there before two by four fencing that would make its way around something. Now futures past is touching on something that we get into in my interview. So I'm staying away from that, but yes, futures past, you are definitely onto something. And I think you'll find that you're in good company with that theory, man. Okay. Can you just picture that the moon behind it? And then the, the silhouette cast of this, you know, the framed house right in front of you and you got a what you've got a single story. And then behind you is the development, the two story. So you've, you're going to lose your view 
It's huge. It's a huge oh, yeah. monster. Man, I, I get that. I totally get that. Um, the big yeah. get bigger when the fight's done. Uh, this could be physically the house behind you. This could be the houses. The, the houses are getting bigger. Uh, uh-huh. the developer uh-huh. has won the legal battle exactly. and they're only getting more strong. Yeah. Right. I love this developer idea. The HOA features <laughs> passes. <laughs> oh man. What are the fees? What are the fees? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the big get bigger when the fight's done. I found that secret door. That's the most, again, that, you know, I try to find that most, the crisp, the most cryptic line. And that seems to be the most cryptic one to me. I found that secret door. And that could that could mean a lot yeah. of different things. It depends on what perspective you have on this song. And maybe if we go back to the line previous to this one, the big get bigger when the fight's done. Maybe this is just the people who can afford these houses, buy them, they put their families in them, and that just perpetuates to where you're never going to be into that in that position. You're never going to be the big person. The big just get bigger. And maybe he I found yeah. that secret door. He found this infinite loop of wealth that uh that is in front of him. It's just, he's never going to be in that. Yeah. I, I found so. that secret door. I tried tying it into the movie national treasure. Oh man. <laughs> ben Franklin. When you put the glasses on, I love it. Yeah. They, <laughs> I love that movie. It's so bad, but it's so good. Yeah. There's just that one scene in the very beginning. I can't, I can't stand. I still cringe is when he's, uh, when they're on the, which when they're on the ice, the, I think it, it, the Charlotte. He, yeah. And he gets the pipe. And he and he has to yeah, roll yeah, out yeah. the pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Uh, don't do well with thumbs and blades, man. Sorry. <laughs> so, oh, I see, I see. It makes you. I see. It queasy. makes you cringe. Yes. Not because it's so. No, uh, no. The acting's uh, fine. The the scene's fine. It's just that portion I have to look away. And they, Charlotte, oh, how yeah, are you doing yeah. this afternoon? <laughs> um, and then we go into this. Uh, a man with a shovel is going to dig deep down. Now there are some people I don't know I don't know what you got in I didn't listen to the to the interview. Um, now we're getting into territory where a monster lives in your backyard. This is a, a backyard could be representative of being close, close by. Like, oh, is this a NIMBY song? Like, not, a, not no, in my backyard. No, like, no. <laughs> where uh, not backyard is like something that you don't realize is so close. You know, in our own backyard. Yeah, totally. You could, you you can get that. Take that acronym. You know, they're not in my backyard. That that whole uh-huh. concept, and just think that it's so close by. A man with a shovel is going to dig deep down. Again, figurative and um, literal here. Um, this could be a developer breaking ground. It could also mean somebody else is trying to get to the bottom of something. They're going to dig deep down, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then, really, to find out where it feeds. And I, I so, only get from uh-huh. this is where does the feeling originate from? So now we're getting more into that psychological pathway as opposed to that whole, uh, you know, the the figurative or the, the metaphor of um, of housing. Right. Now, our guest, can we listen to this part? Because uh, our guest they get bigger that portion, right? An alternate lyric that feeds may be incorrect. OK, here we go. Let's see. I'm going to see if I can pick this out. The last so, line? 
yeah, yeah, to find out where I, I, I suppose I hear feeds, but what makes more sense to me and to our guest is to find out where it leads. Oh, so as if I found that secret door, a man with a dull shovel is going to dig deep down to find out where that secret door leads. Leads makes more sense to me. So listening to it again, I heard needs. But let's just say like need. No, I'm not saying that that doesn't really make as much sense as what you're saying. But let's just say you can tell when somebody that there's a lot of music going on in the background. You can tell an F of as opposed to like a N, N, which has more that leans more toward a L leads than it does a feeds. So in me hearing needs, I'm actually maybe I am hearing not I'm not hearing feeds. I'm hearing to find out where it leads. That would make more sense. To uh, feeds or leads. leads, the leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. <laughs> and there's and That's there's no there's Glenn no Ross, liner uh, notes for this, right? No liner notes. And uh, yeah, uh, who was it? It was uh, Futures Pass was talking about. Uh, I never thought to check the CD for credits because I always assumed Static Prevails has no information since they didn't put the lyrics in. Right. It. Well, here let me listen to it one last one more time. Yeah. absolutely leads it is it is leads wow yeah good catch um yeah i didn't think about it till he brought it up and i was like oh it can't be anything but leads <laughs> wow okay so I, I i don't know if that uh if that changes my thought on that line as much to find out where it leads Although, right no i think you're on the i think you're on the right path yeah to the... find out where it leads where it ends up as opposed to where it uh right. a, you know originates from i yeah it's it's, it's like yeah you're going the path, either you're going down the path or you're coming back from the path. I suppose like, um, I, I suppose feeds like feeds and leads could be synonyms. Like, like where does, uh, uh how, uh, how is this pond fed? Exactly. And it's fed by a stream or something, right? right. Like, and it's uh, just a matter of which path you want to go. Are you looking to, is the path going from me to you or to you to me? Are you feeding me right. or am I leading to you? Or does it lead right. to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It does it does right, evoke yeah. that same uh, that same uh, feeling at the end of it when you when you listen to it? But I like how that sounds much better than feeds. Yeah. Does it matter? Four eight four J. And then on its own, <laughs> they have uh, a house. So does the secret door lead to the house or feed to the house? And is the house an answer? It could be. And if we take a step away from the housing. Um, the housing approach, the, the physical housing approach, the house mm. in relation to the backyard, the house is where everyone congregates. That's where everything emanates from. That's where it all starts. <gasps> could be. It's a song about the poltergeist. Movie? I don't know. I, it could be a brain. The house could be the brain, the thoughts, right. where these are originating from a house. And then it, what's implied here built upon an Indian graveyard, right? Like what's going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which we'll um, I, which we'll get into in a, in a little bit. The uh, so the house is is like the brain, and the backyard is kind of like let's say it's the back the back of your mind, and that's where the monster lives. So I don't know. We're getting into a, some territory where this could be psychological. Mm. Okay, uh, and then we go into uh, another two line verse two here, a catalog full of nothing good. To which I, I I think of ah here come sample my wares none of which you would like <laughs> so I, right, I see everything yeah, yeah. In also front of me, nothing uh, is good very famously the Sears catalog used to sell homes 
you could buy like in the 1800s you could buy a home from the sears catalog and build it for like 300 dollars. was it made out of lincoln logs i, I don't know <laughs> was uh i know the magic castle for a while had like uh magazine articles were the wallpaper uh but they were magazine articles from like the 20s and stuff Ooh. from like vaudeville era and like yeah one was like build your sears model home for 900 dollars, and it was like a mail order catalog I'm sure with two hand drawings of people smiling, you know, looking at their brand new home. <laughs> it was a hand drawn yeah, exactly. uh, image of a cabin looking yeah. house. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 900 bucks. Yeah, man. Um, ooh, and ooh, this is, this is, I love this line. So a catalog full of nothing good. Then it goes, the White House ponders no remorse. This makes me think of a yeah, twisted political. mind. Oh, no. <laughs> I think of white, I think oh. of white as purity. And the White House, you look at this house, you know, you're thinking of like the Burbs and and you see oh, I love the, the Klopex house and that thing looks all ratty. But you see yeah. these other houses <laughs> that are so pure. And who are the monsters? Who are the monsters in that film? You know, really, yeah. when it comes down to it, doesn't he even doesn't he even um, is it Mr. Peterson? I think they even ponder that at the yeah. end of the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Peterson. Mr. Peterson. He's he's even thinking about it at the end. like we're the monsters. It's when. Oh, yeah. It's when they blow their house up. <laughs> That's right. So the White House ponders no remorse, but that makes me think of a dark mind. So the White House, what may appear yeah. as pure, they ponder no remorse. So maybe in in reality, they're a, they're a sick mind, and there's evil things that they're thinking or doing, and they have no remorse for these feelings. Woo. Yeah, man. Um. Then we go back into, yeah. Then we go back into. I guess that's our like pre-chorus. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then the yeah. chorus of a house, the shortest chorus. <laughs> that's right is this the sh- no i was gonna say is this the shortest chorus but wes is really into the sandlot right now and tequila is the shortest yeah. chorus <laughs> that's such a fun song it is but i'll never be the guy that does it at karaoke i can't pull it off man <laughs> just saying tequila yeah, that's like not gonna i can't times. do it yeah <laughs> you have to be if you have to have a very uh certain level of seriousness to deliver that oh sure yeah yeah um, <laughs> So, uh, oof. And then it all seems to fall apart here. It, it seems like a drag. It seems like such a Tom line. It seems like a drag uh, to be torn apart by unexpected hands. So the, the, the gentleman digging in the backyard just to be torn apart. Your body was left in this state, and now you're being dusted and, and torn apart. Hey, look, I found a rib. You know, these unexpected hands that don't understand what you were doing millions of years ago. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, so dis- dismantled, I'm thinking, repaired by somebody else. Um, but then the last uh, three lines, it's in your name. It's like, in whose name? Is it in the caveman's name? Um, yeah, where does the word, where does caveman come up with any of this? Right. I, and and, and I, that's what, that was the one piece that made me think of the, the movie that I sent you, which if you haven't figured it out now, um, you know what? I got a little bit that I wanted to do. Uh, and it's it's going to show up in that spot. So we got a couple more lines left. So we've got, it's in your name. Um, it's in your face. I'm wrong again. And in your face, maybe it's just, it's it's unsuspecting. It's, uh, if that's even a word. It's, it's, it's obvious, but you don't get it. Uh, and what makes me think that maybe you don't get it is the very final line. I'm wrong again. Can't control it, but realizes they're wrong. So maybe the, the decision they've made or what they've realized, um, they're wrong, but they can't, uh, they're out, it's out of their control. Yeah. Oof. But yeah, okay, so the 
are there any any final thoughts you have of of the song then after looking at those lyrics line by line did you have any so futures past had a question Uh that i've looked into he asked was there anything going on at the time involving residential development regulation around 1996 (laughs) like whoa that's actually really interesting i'm not finding anything i'm on the wikipedia for timeline of phoenix arizona and i'm I've gone back to 93. So Joe Arpaio was elected the sheriff in 92, but he has nothing to do with um, housing. He's just terrible in general. Um, And there were some like a lot of bus things. There was a 20 story Phoenix city hall that opened in 94. um, And that could be the big getting bigger. Um, But I don't really see anything about a housing development or anything really getting passed maybe they're against libraries well i just think that that in any state that you are in so i'm going to read now i'm going to read a line by line a 59 page article uh provided by the state of arizona office of the auditor general so here we go (laughs) i was hoping to find something um it does it does seem um like there was as as uh az kid had mentioned that there uh what he had going to quote him developers have always controlled everything here and all the open space we once enjoyed nearby our homes was likely already zoned and or permitted for development. I imagine that this document may outline that there are some sections in here Mm. about um, uh, investments uh, where things were zoned. Wow. You can look at all this stuff, the zoning and all that of Tucson and Oro Valley and Marana. So I, maybe there was a lot of development at this time. I can I can tell you right now. I've already mentioned this that in the mid '90s there was a huge development of of different areas. In fact, I think you can consider out here in 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 this area, like Wood Ranch was like a small development. It's almost it's it's small. It's like a suburb that's was on the brink of becoming its own little city. You know, it's just like its uh-huh. own. It was and it was all built in the early '90s, late '80s. Um, but I, well, I mean, what are you going to do with all that money you make off of rolls and barbecue sauce, right? <laughs> right yeah. Which are delicious by <laughs> the way. Gotta make it. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I love that Wood Ranch barbecue. I love Wood oh, Ranch. Boy. Uh, but yeah, I know for a um, fact that there was a lot of building going on, uh, which if you would like to uh, take a little bit of a, a step aside, I've got a, another little bit. I wanted to, uh, to uh, Please. I've got a few questions for you here. So. Have you heard the term uh, McMansions? Yes. Okay. So my my analysis of this song is like using new houses, and what I'm what I'm going to consider as McMansions as a metaphor for having something wrong mentally and then trying to get it fixed. Uh, because oh. these things were being built in the mid '90s, and and for the those that uh, don't understand or don't know what a McMansion is, it's it's sort of those. I think they represent larger you know homes, but they're the sure. cookie cutter. Like, Do you remember walking into those uh, into the the homes or the 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 model homes and just you could tell right then just how close these houses were you and your neighbors were probably 5 yep. feet apart maybe yep there was like th- and there's only like four four plans on yeah. the block yeah there was so the like, really really nice know, the- one and then the two mid level and then there was that entry level um that you could choose from and it yeah. was a different color on the outside but yeah it was they they just say copy and paste these four let's make 500 of these in this tract uh so that's what I'm thinking is these McMansions. So my first thought was a certain film, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, but the the town of Santa Clarita, the city of Santa Clarita came up 
And there was a lot of new development in Santa Clarita going on in the early 90s all the way through into like 1998. I guess it was it was much more developed at that point. But there the were earthquake uh, didn't t- deter them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was a, there's a gap of time here. So between uh, 94 and 98, there was only one film I have listed. So maybe that that is what happened there as they were picking up the pieces. I'm going to give you oh, without naming um, I've got eight films here. Without naming the the characters in this, I'm going to give you the synopsis of the film, and I'm going to see if you can if you can guess this. But each one of these films awesome. has to do with the the city of Santa Clarita, and in my in my thought or in my eyes, um, has to do somehow with new housing. Either it's part of the film or it was it was uh, you know in the background of the film. Okay, so the first one. A little okay. too, I think this might be a little too obvious here. A tyrant from the future creates evil android doubles of these characters and sends them back to eliminate the originals. I mean, it and sounds like for a Bill specific focus journey. Yep, that's it. I was, I was yeah. hoping you weren't going to say um, excellent adventure because that's a that would have been right. a, a mistake. I would not have given you the point for that one. <laughs> okay, I would have expected nothing less. <laughs> Here's a tougher one. Uh, an alien overlord plans to blow up the earth, but first he snatches and proposes to marry an earth man's wife. This movie <laughs> rules. And I think I've already done uh, impressions from this. Goatee or mutton chops? Uh, this is from Mom and Dad Save the World. <laughs> have. Oh, it was when we were doing, we were on our like, let's just take the old road. <laughs> we're getting a little John Lovitz kick and you had to give it, yeah. give it some, uh, it's due respect. Okay. And this was, I don't want to give away too much. When they find a frozen caveman in their backyard, two high school outcasts thaw him and introduce him to modern life while he get while he in turn gets to actually enjoy life or gets them to enjoy life. Encino yes. man. No he's in the juice. <laughs> no he's in the juice. <laughs> so this was what I thought. This was 1992. Uh filmed out in Santa Clarita. I thought that maybe Tom got a little bit of inspiration from this film. Oh. Could have been, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fuck. And they dig a pool in that movie. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. Is this about Encino Man? It could absolutely be about Encino Man. Oh, hell yeah. Did anyone play? I didn't even put that together when you texted me earlier this week with the Encino Man poster. I was like, I don't know what he's on about, but I love it. Yeah, it could absolutely. But Holy I want to ask shit. you. A monster lives in your backyard named Brendan yeah, Fraser. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't remember that. It was... Were they living in a new development at the time, and their house, their their backyard was completely dirt? I don't think they were in a new no, development. It was just David's like goal to have a pool and throw a pool party, right? And he just decided to dig it himself, right? Yeah, and uh, Futures Past has never seen it, uh, so definitely required viewing. Only because yeah. we also mentioned Stony in an early episode because yes. I saw that he makes a cameo in the film Class Act. Uh-huh. Starring Kid and Play, the same character. So Kid and Play either go to Encino High School, which they don't. Um, Blade Brown and Duncan Penderhues, um, uh, or Stony transferred to Encino, but he's also like lifelong lifelong friends with David. So I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, just somehow they exist in the same cinematic universe. Class act and Encino man. So. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got another one here. Another few. Uh, mm. each year three brothers visit their grandfather for summer. He is highly skilled in 
ninjutsu. Oh, yeah. And for years, he has <laughs> trained the boys in his techniques. Rocky loves <laughs> Emily. Rocky loves oh, Emily. Man. It's three yeah. ninjas. Baby. I have watched this so many times in the last month because the kids absolutely <laughs> love it. Oh, but they say something, right? There's like, I was like, oh, should I show Wes that? Um, Although Wes today asked me, why does Benny say, oh, shit? Yeah, when he I know. I, you know what? Sandlot's, Sandlot's worse than, it's, I mean, uh, language wise. I think that one's worse. It's not as yeah. obvious in Three Ninjas. Yeah. Um, I told Wes, I was like, thank you for asking me. Don't say that word. <laughs> All right, you're four for four, but I have a tough one here. This is a difficult one. This is the hardest okay. one. This is one that I'll give you a hint. Uh, this is one of the films. Um, it come. It came out in 1993. I watched this on a Friday night with my buddies. This is one of the films that uh, you know we've ex- we had exhausted all of the early to mid 90s uh, films, and we had gotten to the, <laughs> the the second tier of what's uh, let's say a B movie ish. Okay. A 13-year-old boy obsessed with making remote control toys puts up a fight when trapped in a vacant model house with three dimwit prison escapees. Shoot. Oh, uh, wait. Mm. I gave you a hint in the synopsis. Yeah, he likes to make robots. <sighs> For a minute, I was like, is this the skateboard kid? But Mm-mm. I don't remember dimwit what are they like uh jail it's, it's, what do they break out of jail or something? Uh, yeah it's essentially yeah and they try to go into a development and which uh, i'm assuming is in santa clarita i feel like i've seen this and i don't know the name okay well it's called remote i don't know that and one. it says I'm down it, it says a comedy place. for the whole family yeah it's it's I buy yeah it. go ahead and it's uh much <laughs> much on par with all of the other films that i've mentioned it's in the five point category the only one that's in 6.3 that's got a 6.3 is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Everything else I've mentioned so far has a 5.4 or less. So it's in that same that same. Age. <laughs> so obviously you can see All right. how we are we are uh, 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 cinephiles. Mm-hmm. All right, last three. Here we go, man. Uh, two misguided youths join the reserves to make some money for their entrepreneurial dreams. No sooner than they finish basic training are they called up to do their part to save the free world. Um, I can give you a hint uh, with Encino Man. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, wait. Is it Biodome? Oh, boy. Uh, no. <laughs> but oh, okay. It's like, it's, uh, I'd say it's a predecessor to that. <laughs> uh, is it a Pauly Shore Yes, joint? it is. I don't think I, uh, I don't know all of his movies. Oh, okay. The character's name is Bones um, Conway. Um, it is, That's it amazing. is called in the army now <laughs> in the army now. Yeah. I can see the poster and I like, I'm very aware of that movie and I just had never seen it. I'll download that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you've already got this one here. Um, starts off moronic best friends get themselves locked inside this place, a science experiment along with the group of environmental scientists for one there whole year, baby. <laughs> well, it's like, I was like, it, so it's biodome yeah but i was like um somehow like your description like the basic training could just be them like living at the biodome i was like i don't know man (laughs) and do you do you remember Um, was the biodome scenes was that filmed out in arizona at the the physical biodome that i don't know for sure but i did hear a rumor and i'm waiting to hear confirmation back uh a friend of mine that I worked with like years and years ago, literally wrote the book, the movie companion for Bill and Ted's Face the Music. And I asked if she knew 
whether or not Biodome was originally written to be the third Bill and Ted movie. Oh, yeah. I had heard that a long time ago. And she said she would ask, but uh, I have not. I have yet to hear back as of this recording. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm very excited to find it. So unfortunately, Remote is just not popular enough of a movie to be on oh, that's any a bummer. BitTorrent service. That is a bummer. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I, it was worth it. I, it's going to have terrible acting. But uh, I remember yeah, it being well, it was I love, a total, oh, wait, no, I found uh, it. Home Alone Never knockoff. <laughs> I found it. There's three cedars. So yes, uh, I might as well download the Skateboard Kid too because yeah, I have a feeling that that is right along the same uh, uh, quality track yeah. as Remote. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, it was filmed at the Biosphere too, which I have visited. Wow. So when I went with my family out to go see the uh, the Grand Canyon and we visited some family out there, um, you could visit the biosphere and then take a tour through it. And I remember walking through one of the early the the front sections, and it was at that point it I don't know if it was it wasn't defunct because they they had tours and everything, but it just wasn't it it didn't turn into mm. what they were hoping it would be, which is what that film was about. Yeah, uh, but I do remember one one specific uh, part where we would walk through, and they pointed out a Douglas fir tree, and they said, "This climate, these trees don't grow." So this is a you know this is a a, a very noteworthy occurrence or thing here, uh, and that was what I remember from it. That and there was a large room with a huge magnet in it that I think fed a lot of the or created the energy for it. But it's it's got to you know four and a half out of five stars on on google um almost uh over two and 2.5 k reviews on google this place is uh it's it's a hit man the biosphere too and it's still open yeah for tours at least i don't know if the, there's sure. some scientists in there that are keeping it up they have different uh biomes that you can walk through but uh, it's it's not the experiment there's no longer the experiment going on that they had in the early 90s wow that's okay yeah still cool though Oh, boy. Okay. So, yeah, we got a G major key. It's a 9B Camelot. Oh, baby. It's a 4-minute, 34-second duration and 170 BPM. Mm -hmm. um, all music rated Static Prevails 3 out of 5 stars, which I wasn't sure if they had, if we had ever talked about, like, the rating. So I was like, oh, let me see what else I can pull up on Static Prevails. Uh, here's what they said about Static Prevails. What Static Prevails essentially lacks is the songwriting maturity that Jimmy Eat World could have perfected. But it's almost as if the studio heads at Capitol wouldn't let them so there would be more room for radio-friendly pop songs. In the end, nobody won. Uh, I don't know if that's fair to say about Static Prevails, but I'd say, I, I mean, I guess maybe it's true, though, because no one ever talks about Static Prevails. So, I don't know, maybe. Hmm. Um, and they never played it. At least uh, in any of the videos that I've gone through now, uh, I need to be better at looking at their old like uh, performances. Um, like, let me look up uh, the Skateland concert and see if it's oh yeah, because somebody but, put uh, down the, the the tracks there, right? Yeah, the Skaters World set got added to Setlist.fm and it wasn't it didn't show up there. So I, my guess is that they didn't play it at this set. Um, let's see. Nope, doesn't look like it's on there. Nope. I mean, and here's the thing, too, is like with my YouTube searching has gotten pretty good. Um, it would show up because it'd be in the description or the comments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, never played this live, which is just a huge bummer to all involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but it definitely has that like it reminds me of like the best days of the 90s and early 2000s like it reminds me of like late afternoons like I don't know like getting ready for the evening or something like I don't know there's some sort of like weird nostalgia I feel um in this and uh with the guitars I definitely can see how it sort of inspired the next round of like pop punk slash emo bands so like uh now canceled brand new but <laughs> definitely hear a lot of this song in brand new uh and even taking back sunday um and uh yeah that's sort of uh th- those are some thoughts that i had some notes that i had written down so this they never played this live it didn't show up in any other publications that you could find uh i mean I, uh, that was uh, what do you mean did you find something i know i couldn't find anything Oh, yeah. No, I didn't really find much on this song at all. Yeah, just um, when they list out the tracks, that's about it. There was, yeah, the, the consequence of sound, the dissection, but they just they just list out the tracks there. Yeah, hmm. I'm giving Futures Past YouTube search hints. <laughs> yeah, changing that. Yours helped a lot when you sort by um, just changing the sorting at all. Yep. You change what it to a sort by date. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah, so not much. Anyway, not sorry, much as no. far as uh, as articles go. Does is it, that specific track at least is not mentioned a lot? <laughs> only when they've uh, they've uh, listed out the entire listing of tracks. Yeah. Um. Oh. So I think did we talk about we talked about the cover of the album? I think on a previous Static Prevails episode. But um, I don't think we talked about Paul Drake who took the cover. Um. It says so on the liner notes says cover photography by Ambient Brand. Paul Drake. So Paul Drake, I recently found on Instagram because I got the call it in the air, like promo single. Mm -hmm. And the photo on that was taken by Paul Drake. So I think I tagged him in the video that I took for Instagram and he liked it. And I think he even gave us a follow from Instagram. So I started poking around on his page before I even realized that he'd taken the photo on the cover of static prevails. And he was like their, their tour manager back in these days so he was in the van with them going from venue to venue like doing all this crazy stuff and he has all these amazing old photos of them and the promise ring and all these other band jay june i think was on his like roster of like old photographs that he scans and posts and now he just seems to travel the world he does live concerts i think still but for the most part he's like traveling the world taking photographs and uh such a fun instagram hole that i went down for a day um and then oh and i noticed that this song in particular was mixed by mark trombino which i wouldn't have thought much of but rockstar and 17 which was the lead single of this record and like the big put it on a movie in a movie song absolutely were mixed by rob schnapp and tom rothrock so it's interesting that mark trombino like did mix these two songs the the two like quote unquote biggest songs off this record Uh uh-huh um so i don't know i thought that was notable that um i feel like mark trombino does a lot of mixing like he even mixed i didn't even realize this till recently but one of my favorite records is by this band called the wonder years um and it's called The Greatest Generation. And fucking Mark Trombino mixed it. He didn't produce it, but he mixed it. Wow. Um, got his, his so little Mark hands, Trombino's his little got... fingers in every little pie. <laughs> yeah. And in my donuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So. I, I only have one thing for community, uh, unless you have more notes on the song. Mm-mm. 
Uh, you were talking about songs from the van. Had, had we oh, mentioned that? Please bring up. We have not mentioned it. I don't okay. Think. So songs from the van um, was it. So Jimmy World posted it on their Facebook in 2018. Right. Yes. But a lot of people that we know have actually, I mean, even even recently have I commented on this. The photo of this Apple, um, the iTunes playlist of 40 songs. Mm-hmm. It's a photo by um, by our boy Paul Drake there. Uh, and I think that's how I found the playlist was. Yeah, I think Paul posted yeah. it on his Instagram. Exactly. Uh, and some of the the very first track on here is Pink Triangle <laughs> from Pinkerton. Right. Baby. Oh man! And the playlist is so long. We should oh, maybe we'll share the link yeah, to this playlist in the show it's notes. It's got prom, the promise. I think it's probably a box. good rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, and maybe we'll save this for. Uh, we'll do this. Uh, one of the. <gasps> yeah, we got it. We figured it out. That is a good idea. <laughs> there we go. So there, there's the teaser. So there we go. Uh, the, um, another Paul Drake piece. There we've got Zach and Rick shirtless. Jeez. <laughs> uh, from their van, you know, doing it. Uh, yeah doing it um original you know when they're just traveling around in a van cranking yeah. their music and and the whole idea of the playlist is that this is what they listened to back in those days uh-huh. yeah before before iphones and ipads and in the before times in the <laughs> yeah so the uh, uh we had mentioned the cover though if if, if uh, for those listening to this episode it's uh it's a rooftop uh it's snow covered i'm assuming it's an apartment building or some kind of uh multi-family you know housing or something but it's just uh it's the exhaust or maybe it's you know some kind of ventilation but the photo's turned on its side that's what it is yeah yeah and that's snow it looks like it looks like the 90s emo thing i know right man it was uh i i thought it was uh the very first time i saw it i thought it was buttons some kind of uh button uh but then yeah i i Upon closer inspection, you can see the little drips there, the frozen drips. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's snow. Yeah, I always thought it was like an air conditioning vent. Yeah, that had frozen over or something. Very close up. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who can know? Paul Drake. <laughs> Paul Drake knows. Tell us what that is. Yeah, it's gonna be the same thing as uh, Christopher Ray McCann, where it's just he happened to have a photo and they saw it and it's hey, you know what? Let's take yeah. that. We'll turn it sideways. I- it's funny, I was going through like old episodes and I'm like, man, we've got some like pretty good guests. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I can't believe we got it. I can't believe we got James, man. Classic. <laughs> How long is this playlist? It's so long. Forty songs. Twenty two hours. What? What? It said forty songs. Twenty two hours and twelve minutes. Yeah, it says playlist forty songs. Well, on Apple Music it's three hundred and fifty two songs. Um so I guess now we know what service Jimmy Eat World uses. Uh, I'll tell you what it doesn't say. Unfortunately, it doesn't say what um, like when these songs were added. Exactly. So so is it something it that they add to from it time must to time? be because um, this link is from 2018. So let's say they started it with 40 songs. So in just under two years, they have how many is on there? Three three hundred and fifty two. Yeah, so they've uh they've added three hundred and ten or three hundred and twelve more songs to this. Yeah, they must it just must be actively added to. Maybe they think of oh shit, I unless remember Peg Boy. Remember is... Peg Boy? <laughs> no. Uh unless so uh, uh, another thing is everybody's discovered recently that Jim Atkins has been keeping playlists on Spotify. So point for Spotify, mm, I guess. Yes. But those playlists don't exist on Apple Music. So are they just being added to this? 
So like the last song on this playlist is Sweet Pea by Steam. But I don't. There it is. The problem with me. Uh, Is it under Jim Adkins uh, name? No, it says by Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat World's songs from the van by Jimmy Eat World. See, Jimmy. No description. Playlist. I have to kill. I have to click Jimmy Eat World and then I can see the playlist that they've created. I got you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to go. I want to go looking through this. (laughs) <laughs> I can't I can't uh, I can't tell. I feel like iTunes would have more songs that they could choose from anyway. Maybe. Yeah. You know, just I don't know. I just in my experience. See, with, lots of promise ring on here. Yeah. Lots of jawbreaker. Oh, wait. Huh. Pink triangle a second time. Hmm. Bed for scraping. I have a feeling that these songs like are repeated. Yeah. What? does the playlist yeah it shows pink with. triangle nine times oh yep they are so it is only 40 tracks you i think it just reloads it <laughs> that's a choice may you know what the, there so you go nine times happened. four is what I 36 gonna, right so there's your 360 yeah. songs so it so i'm gonna guess that they used a translation like algorithm that somehow messed up and uh <laughs> So you could listen to uh, how it for long that is many the hours. playlist on Spotify? Then um, I, I still haven't found it. That's the thing is, uh, let me let me just click here. Oh, that's interesting. My guess is, I wonder if the forty song playlist is longer than an hour and forty five minutes. And what would happen is, I wouldn't be able to add forty songs to this playlist again because it would be over twenty four hours. Maybe you can't make a playlist over twenty four hours. Hmm. Who can? Know? Who can know? Yeah, I can't seem to find it. See, this is terrible. Strike against Spotify, man. <laughs> okay. Um, this is bonkers. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for uh, the community. Did you did you happen to upload anything to our, our shared YouTube account? That uh... Uh, I didn't upload it yet. Oh, uh, sorry. I did have one thing for a community. And then, yes, I, I do have a thing. Because I do have a I thing have as a well. Thing. I don't know if you wanted me to go first. If yours was more... Uh... <laughs> Mine, the mine's music. position of this on... Uh, uh, Jake T. O'Donnell's list could potentially send one back to the future. Ooh, 88, baby. Yes. I've already talked about 77 Satellite, 77 Satellites, on which Tom sings lead vocals, but the first of his lead performances from Static Prevails to appear here is a good time to drop this little bit of news that might be a surprise to some fans of Jimmy Eat World. Tom was the band's primary lead singer up through Static Prevails. There are many Tom songs to come on this list, and Caveman represents a nice mid-album vehicle for Tom. Quiet guitar lines and crickets chirping over the intro give way to Tom singing about monsters living in backyards and some great palm-muted riffs later on. Tom doesn't have the greatest voice in the world, but he always put, I guess, everything he had into all his songs. Much more to come on Tom's songs. So it seems that our boy Jake T. O'Donnell is a fan of Tom. Now, could you tell, um, listening to it or thinking back on uh, when you did listen to it, the harmonies that are sung in there, that are added in there, to me, my first thought was that's Tom harmonizing with himself. But do you think, I mean, it made more sense once I that thought entered my mind that it had to be Jim. Maybe yeah, I, I I didn't think about it. Right? Do you remember where is it, it comes like in? during the sing songy part, like the big get bigger when the yes. fight's done? I can I guess I can here, hear. Here, a, let me let me a, play a little a, bit from that. 
Jack Fanta. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's funny because that's like the that it remind so the singles album was the first album I heard of Jimmy Eat World after Bleed American. So like I equate that harmony style with like early Jimmy Eat World. I love it so yeah. much. I'm assuming that it's Jim and Tom. Okay, me yeah. But it seems as a young lower. lad, I always figured they were harmonizing with themselves yeah. like so that it was tom harmonizing with himself so i guess i'm not really coming with any sort of authoritative uh, <laughs> uh, side of the fence that i'm falling on <laughs> so i see that you've sent me um something to play here i i i did <laughs> and uh our boy futures past actually sent me something that i'm gonna send to you okay all right let's see uh which is really just the it's just the songs from the van playlist on spotify so you have oh thank you um, thank you futures past so I mixed, I finally have uh, seen the light. I don't know if I'm going to do this all the time because I, you know me, I love Tune Bat. I will never disparage the bat. <laughs> um, but I was thinking of Twinkly Guitars and I could, I did several mashups before I landed on this one. Mostly, I think, with Tune Bat recommendations. And finally, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do my own. So, obviously... I chose the twinkliest guitar song I know. What's my age again by Blink One Eighty Two? So this is what's my caveman again, and I think it sounds pretty good. Okay, so uh, it's not as good as I remembered. 
that sounded bonkers. Yeah, um, maybe miss John Henson and uh, talk soup. Now, <laughs> can you tell me the story with this video? The end, they clearly are running away from the camera, holding their junk. They've got nothing on. But during all of those other scenes, they were wearing bait. Merkins. Yeah, yeah. Merkins. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, okay, I thought so. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I thought it was better than that for some reason. It, you know <laughs> what? I was and just excited about the prospect. It, it sounded okay. There were a few a few points, and I, you know, in uh, because I want to be fair to you to allow you to pause this if you feel like it doesn't work. I have one as well. I'm going to put it in the watch together. I put it onto our page. Oh, thank God! It got knocked out already. You know, copyright. But I believe I can still play it in there. Um, oh yeah, sure. We'll see. Now uh, I'm going to take one out of the book of Kevin. Because he has been putting in some great hip hop mashups with uh, with the band on the mashups in the Discord, he had some good ones today. But the there was a couple of Taking Back Sunday and Airborne Toxic event that were good. But the the latest hip hop ones he had were really good. Uh, so I took one out of his book, and this is what I put together. This one is called "So Caveman Want." Oh, it's not available. Shoot, let's see. It's playing for me. It's just playing muted. Oh, you know, um, well, then I'll play it on my side. So I'll pause it there. You know what? You know what that this was bonkers. It was pretty good. You know what this feels like? You ever show a funny scene to a friend or a family member, and you're wait, you're watching them for their reaction? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it feels like totally. watching these again. I listened to it a couple of days ago when I made it, and I thought, "Oh, it's awesome." And then I listened to it again. I go, "I don't know, man. If it was all that I remember." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You had any covers of this? Um, I do. I have one that I'm gonna I play, got, but I'm gonna I got two. It, yeah. So I've got um one from Sam plays guitar, and then another from Josh Man PD. Oh, oh, wait, shoot! I forgot that I also had a Josh Man thing. Hold on, I can't believe I forgot that, and I'm so glad you reminded yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> because I left this open. Is it what I think it is? What? Okay, so yeah, it's Danger Gavin, yes. right? Okay. Why did I have this closed? I must have closed my damn thing. Okay. Um. Yeah. Why don't you play Joshman? Because. Okay. Uh, wait. Did you find the thing that I'd already uploaded? I saw part of it. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I saw what it was. Okay. <laughs> Let Let's intro it, and I'm gonna play the thing that I made because it it it's the same thing. I I, I can't believe I forgot. Oh, this. do you okay. want me to play? Which do you want me to play of his? 
the the cover oh my gosh you didn't see the other thing okay yes i'm so sorry forgot about i i did terrible i did a terrible job <laughs> with my uh research this year <laughs> this week whatever what what day is it <laughs> today um, is tuesday now <laughs> <sighs> and I have a Lenora Avons. I have all this stuff. I'm trying. Try, I'm over here thinking I'm going to wrap this thing up. No. Okay. Play Joshman's cover, and then I'm going to play you a even better thing I found from Joshman PD. Okay, I can play that in the uh, watch together. Watch together. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I love how I close it out, that's perfect. It's the best. I do that, and then we can oh, hear the lovely. That's the kitty, classic move. Cats. I know. Here we go. All right. Let's see. Yeah, man, I was really digging like because at the beginning, I would never have guessed that that was caveman. So I like the arrangement of it. Yeah, I thought it was well done. Did now I didn't look up the the chords for that, but listening to the the song, um, the 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 record, it sounded like there's a weird chord that he does. Um, and Joshman PD got the the lyric or the the vocal part, but I don't know if he got the chord. It's a weird chord where it kind of like steps down half a step. You know what part I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing, it, but it's very much Jimmy Eat World. Like he, I know that there's other songs that they've done that with. Uh, my name is Mike. Sorry, but um, I'm prepping this. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I uh, it makes me want to do a cover of Caveman, which may or may not be in the works. I know I've teased people before with that whole may or may not thing, but we'll see. We'll see what what amounts from that uh, that comment that I just made. We're we're slowly approaching our threshold where we actually have to start making covers. I know, so. right, dude? <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Like, uh, what's funny is actually when I'm actually back at the office, I'm able to like. I can record in like five minute increments throughout the day. And then like at the end of the day, have a song. So once we're like back at work normally, like we could probably almost figure this damn thing out. So that was Joshman PD danger. Gavin, huge supporter of the pod. He messaged me because he knew that I had found that cover and commented on that cover. 
he sent me this in high school. Let me read his. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't remember. Uh, I almost got through this whole episode. I didn't add this to my notes. So this is why I forgot. In high school, in his drama class, he had to write a monologue and perform it. And he got like like extra points or something. Let me let me explain by uh by filming it. So he he wrote this and performed this monologue that's specifically inspired by the lyrics of Caveman. So that's what I'm about to play. Oh my you. gosh. Um I didn't know, yeah, I figured maybe you didn't see this conversation happen in the DMs. Um and uh we had to record it for a grade. And I thought he was just telling me it was going to be like, oh, uh, no, I'm not going to share it with you or whatever. Um, but he did. So I then went the extra pop punk emo route and <laughs> set it to a loop of the song. So it sounds like a movie quote talking over the instrumental part of a music uh, of a oh, song. Sick. And so I have it starting with what you hear is the crickets and or and uh uh, accordion and then when he says the first thing that lets you know that it's part of the song i start looping the intro riff and then at the end uh, so yeah here it is it's really uh, so what up uh, my name is mike and uh I live in brooklyn i'm a private investigator but uh you know, i don't get paid really it's kind of shit but i still like to jump um, so I got a call like a few days ago. I was, you know, sitting down watching Seinfeld. I love Jerry Seinfeld. It came out of the B movie. It's pretty funny. You know, Sting was there for the police. It was very funny. But uh, anyways, uh, so I got a call. You know, it was like my first real case, I would say. I'm not really sure. Because all I really do is just chase after animals. That's all the boss gives me. Well, anyways, suppose there's a monster in this backyard. I'm just like, okay, monsters aren't real. So I'm just like, you know, it's probably just a prank or something. <laughs> I get there, you know, this rich family and stuff, you know, I'm like, okay, that's all right. They're not going to pay me anyway, so, uh, so I'm there, you know, they're all telling me this story, they're screaming, so like that, I'm like, okay, I don't get this, I don't get this, you know, it's a monster, it sounds like a woman. So I did some, you know, some searching, I found some clues, this, this monster isn't real, I'm just like, okay, it makes no sense. So I, I did some snooping around in the house, I found out the family's kind of weird, I'm like, okay, this is very, like, sketchy. Found a basement, okay? There's, I couldn't get in. So I'm like, okay, but it leads to the backyard. And I'm like, I got an idea. I'm gonna grab the shovel, middle of the night when it's raining, so no one can hear me. But I dig. And that's what I did. Pouring, like, not pouring. Hey, that's pretty funny, eh? But uh, anyway, it was pouring. And I'm just drenched, like, my I had to throw in my clothes. It was just mud everywhere. But anyways, I'm digging and digging. And I hit something. I hit a silver door. A lock on it. Oh, it's time for me to go. Oh yeah, the case is closed. That's how it goes. That was so good. Yeah, man. I was so excited that he shared that with us. And uh and did a cover. So man, really a Danger Gavin uh uh heavy episode this week. Oh yeah. Um so yeah. Um uh, Sam plays guitar, and then I have a full band cover, and then maybe we could do a Lenora Avon's uh, uh, sure. mashup. Go ahead, yeah, bring it on. Go ahead with uh, with uh, both of your covers, and then we'll do the Lenora because I got that queued up and ready to go too. Okay, sick. I'm gonna copy this link. 
put it in this bitch. All right, here is Sam plays guitar. think Sam plays guitar is mm, I want to say like late teens yeah right yeah I'd say like yeah this sounds like me at 15 16 and this looks like me right now I'm wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> laying on the couch like <laughs> when was this one posted uh who can know uh well, <laughs> sorry I just didn't write it down um, I clicked over let's see that was uh 2017 oh, so just three years ago yeah I, you know in listening to it maybe it's the enjoy I like this song a lot yeah, maybe it's the the octave chords that they were playing coupled with the the vocal lines that that uh that Tom was singing that that now uh, Sam plays guitar is singing. It just sounds so mid 90s to me. Yeah. Man, it just it all goes back to that with the there's so much about this song and I mean the the album too, but this song that just screams to me is like mid 90s. Totally. This next one is by Tuna Tunes. And this looks like a full band cover. I didn't listen to it, but it says Caveman and the Jimmy Eat World cover. Caveman wait, wait, wait. and the Dinosaurs? It's not the same guy, Tunage. Remember Tunage? Tunage. What did Tunage do? Tunage was in Damage. Let me look at this. Tunage was Jedman Fish. Let's see. So I want to see if this, this is, is the same. Um, if maybe this guy is in that band. This was Jedman Fish tunage and he did damage um there's no uh jedmond or jed in that at all no this is anthony tunison oh there you go now, another fish another fish that's a jimmy world fan i'm I, uh, now we have not hit play on this and i've just realized that this is the band caveman and the dinosaurs playing a jimmy world cover so i'm gonna go out on the limb and say that they are not playing this on caveman and i'll bet you there, oh, look, Danger Gavin just came in the chat. Oh, no. Yeah, baby. I'm going to say that they're playing the middle. Okay. And not Caveman. All right, let's see. So, <laughs> let's, take a, let's take a look and see what Caveman and the Dinosaurs is covering by Jimmy Eat World. And I'll bet it's not Caveman. Wow. Yeah. Big guess, David. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, look at the bass player. My favorite. Oh, 
Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad we played it because I wouldn't have found that looking for the middle covers. Right. <laughs> because it just says Jimmy World Cover. Um, I love that it says, I battle with my camera and kind of won to capture this video of Anthony. T- yeah, Dennison I was wondering what was going singing on. Singing with Caveman and the Dinosaur. <laughs> it's trying to focus on that bassist's lovely locks. Oh, man. <laughs> what? What a time to be alive. <laughs> um, yeah, that basis, I'm so glad he had that fan going. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose the fan is going for all of them, but really he's the Ye- one with the locks oh, to, yeah, to, to show it support off. It. Uh, <laughs> all right, I was so uh, in awe of that, I didn't copy the link for uh, Lenora. Lenora, so I'm getting it, I'm getting it ready Go now. Ahead. I am ready with this, because um, this will be probably our last little thing we listen to, right? uh this will be the last thing we listen uh the second to last thing we listen to because the last part will be an intro to our interview this week gotcha um so uh here is lenora with her intro yeah a monster lives in your backyard the two by fours are making their way around. The big get bigger when the fight's done. I found that secret ore. A man with a shovel's going to dig deep down to find out where it feeds. A house. A catalog full of nothing good. The White House ponders no remorse. The big oh get God, bigger when the fight's the done. One. I found that secret ore. A man with a shovel's going to dig deep down to find out where it feeds a house a house a house a house <laughs> man see, that was probably my favorite i, I left the the incorrect lyrics in there from before my mistake um oh, whatever, <laughs> they're interchangeable yeah i added in for a dramatic effect i added in three more a uh, houses Oh, that was good. That that was the perfect like that uh, backing track that Lenora had chosen. Man. It was. It was so creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So I got to find because in Watch Together, it doesn't like when I have timestamps. So we need to go to 2444 in this video. Um, it's a long one because this is our friend, a heap of games covering the entirety of Static Prevails. And I know usually we'll go to a heap of games YouTube video where he talks about static prevails being a rock opera, but we actually got Thomas heap on this episode yes. as the guest. So, uh, even those of us tuning in on discord, will have to listen to this episode when it goes live, because I'm not going to sit here and make you listen <laughs> to the interview, Justin, but, uh, we'll tack it on to the end of this, this episode. Um, but Thomas heap, will appear on this part of the episode because he covered the entire album and this is our first song we've done since it was released because this was released just june 9th of this year um so let's take a listen we'll probably hear a little bit of the end of digits um but let's take a listen to uh some of uh thomas heap covering caveman by jimmy Eat world Say, 
So he did say in the interview why he says feeds, but he was he did lament it a little bit. He yeah. was mad that he didn't say leads. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I was so stoked that he did it. Uh, and as somebody who is uh, this is his favorite record. Um, what a fun project it must have been for him to do an entire acoustic cover of the entire record. And just hearing him talk about the song. uh and we really delve into the lyrics. He's got some great theories about what these lyrics are about. Um, but uh, well, excellent. I look, but yeah, I look forward to listening to it. I haven't heard one bit of it yet. <laughs> well, uh, I suppose that everybody. Uh, oh, oh, well, what are your final th- final thoughts on uh, on the song uh, Cave? I think it just gets a bad rap because of the title. You know, really, you're right. Me too. The, 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 the introduction, the musical intro is fine. I mean, there's nothing, you know, it's trying to justify it. Maybe it's the lyrics, but that doesn't come for 25, 30 seconds into it. So it just, I think it gets a bad rap for the title. It's a damn good track. I like it. What about you, man? It's definitely not deserving of the worst of the worst yeah. track for sure. Um, I think it's, uh, I, I think it embodies it's the quintessential early Jimmy Eat World track. It is everything that a Jimmy Eat World song was before. I mean, this is definitely the more clarity side of Static Prevails. Yeah. Um, and I was glad. Like, obviously, I'd heard Static Prevails in its entirety, but I could never have picked out Caveman. And uh, it's possible that after this episode, I won't remember how much I loved Caveman. Um but I, ha- I'm optimistic that I will try to make that uh, adjustment <laughs> in my brain. Um, so, so yeah, man. Um, I, I think, uh, I think everybody should put on. Uh, after the interview, uh, Thomas Heap's uh, cover album, mm-hmm. and uh, and let that be a primer to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. I, uh, Thomas, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I don't expect you to be familiar with it at all, but we found you when we did our very first clarity track and we're, or uh, static track, static prevails track. And, uh, we're very excited to go back to the well and hear your interpretations on the songs as we go. Thomas Heap of A Heap of Games on YouTube. You did uh, an amazing Static Prevails concept album video on YouTube that we found when we did our first Static episode. And now we like going. It's what? What is? Amazing is a very strong word in this instance. Well, uh, there's not a ton that we can find uh, extracurricular information for Static. So your video is a great well for us to go back down when we do Static songs. I wish and, there was uh, more out there, but uh, I seem to be one of the very few. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of people seem to enjoy your interpretations. Even somebody had commented on your video. Oh, I asked Zach if it was a concept album. He said, no, but I love your interpretation. And so do I. I love uh, it. Well, unfortunately for Zach Lind, he's wrong. <laughs> I know more about his music than he does. 
Well, it is funny because he gets asked things sometimes like, oh, what 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 is the time signature at the beginning of Goodbye Sky Harbor? He's like, I don't know. I just play it. Precisely. <laughs> what does Zach know? <laughs> this is the yeah, this is the what does Zach know segment. Um, <laughs> I like that. So sp- specifically, we're doing the song Caveman and Justin and I have yet to record the episode, but I've done most of my research so much of which there was not much. Um but uh, in terms of covers, there were only three, one of which was your brand new Static Prevails cover album, uh, which, uh, I mean, not perfectly timed. I wish we had it for all the episodes that we did, but still perfectly timed that we're doing this show. And now we have more static content. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I did have another Caveman cover at some point. I used to play open mic nights up in Wales and sometimes they got recorded. And I remember, you know, those loop pedals. Yes. So I, I play solo, but sometimes I'll use a loop pedal. And I was doing looped sections of Caveman, uh, mostly in the, the the softer parts of the track with the uh, the multiple guitar layers. So I've done a, I've done a bit of a different version before, but I can't find it now. So unfortunately. Oh, that's so. a bummer. If if you ever find it, Justin and I have about two more years of this show to do. So oh, uh... <laughs> lovely. Well, you say two uh, more years, you don't know how much content they're going to create over the next, well, I don't know. how Exactly, how yeah. I, the band's probably got uh, another, what, 20 years max in it? Yes. Probably another six, seven hours tops, I reckon. Could be wrong. Uh, yeah, either way. I mean, even if we do end up catching up to them, then we finally get a hiatus where we get some weeks off until they record new music. And then we'll just go back to the well. <laughs> or you, um, well, what you could also do... You, People keep uncovering new stuff with this band, and any band, really. In the modern age of the internet, things just seem to pop up out of nowhere. Like, you go on YouTube, and someone will have just uploaded some tiny little show from a venue back in 1996 or something like that. Oh, yeah, those are fun to dig into as well. People have got things hidden in basements here, there, and everywhere. On the Jimmy Eat World Reddit just yesterday, I believe, I, I looked through, and I think you commented on this as well. Somebody found a, a newspaper article of Tom Lit, uh, Tom Linton and Ricky Birch's <laughs> g- Grimace or something, Grimace or something like that. People are always right, discovering yeah. new things. So here in the states, yeah, there's a there's a character of front uh, as part of the McDonald's kids meal uh gang with ronald mcdonald and his name's grimace and i guess uh, they they named their band after grimace but i think they spelled it wrong but probably just because <laughs> they were like cool punk kids in the 90s um but what's funny is justin and i just recently started a series for our patreon that's the semi-unwritten history of jimmy Eat world and we've already released part one where we went through an archived version of the band's history on their old 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 website and uh, since then, we've hooked up with the drummer, the original drummer of Horace Pinker, who supplied us with tons and tons and tons of old flyers and like handwritten directions to shows re- and who was playing what set time and all that type of stuff. I can't quite and, remember which one it was, but I remember you talking about this guy. I think it was on, it was either in my room or, Christ, what was the other, a garbage picker? I remember uh, you yeah, talking about this old drummer. Now there's picker, this, that seems right. this mysterious old drummer that yeah ever heard of but yeah yeah just... but he's got all this great stuff and um in that we've found all of these side bands that that had been mentioned 
uh, or played shows with Jimmy World, like Rick's other band that he was in when it was still Mitch Porter playing bass for Jimmy World. And uh, anyway, in that, we had never seen a picture of Grimace because there were we weren't sure if Mitch or Rick played in Grimace. And now we have proof that Rick, Ricky played in Grimace. So. <laughs> Ricky. Little something, Ricky. Something completely tangential and probably not important in the slightest. Um, the old bass player for Jimmy Eat World is Mitch Porter, isn't it? Yes. Now, a few years ago, I had two favourite bands, Jimmy Eat World and Marillion. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Marillion. No. A, a British prog rock band, still going to this day. Um, but they used to have a drummer on their first album. He left after the first album, and his name was Mick Pointer. <laughs> so I've got these two favourite bands who had a first album with a, with people who whose names sound very, very similar. Mitch Porter. Mitch... I see I get them mixed up. Is, is it Mitch? <laughs> Mitch... Mitch Porter, Porter and Mick... And Mick Pointer. Pointer. So they got to start like a, a White thing. Stripes type duo. Yeah, they should form a band together. <laughs> By the way, um, before I forget, I want to. My yeah. favorite bands are Marillion, and there's an American band which is quite obscure, which I want to get people to know more, and that's the Deer Hunter. D E A R okay. Hunter. Fantastic bands. They do a um, a five p five album concept piece. They're quite progressive, nice. but they do a lot of stuff quite similar to Jimmy Eat World as well. Uh, really exciting band. The the, the composer is uh, this. Probably sounds like hyperbole, but I'm. I think it's genuine. I think the man is a genius, musical genius. So, do you know where about in the states they're uh, based? Boston, I believe. Okay, definitely somewhere at the uh, the northeastern uh, part of America. That that little bit with all the small places. Right. <laughs> they were supposed to come over so to the, the s- UK this year for the first time, and that's out the window. Thanks, COVID. Oh, jeez. Isn't that the way it always goes? Oh, it's always that way. Anyway, we've gone off on several tangents. Where were we? Oh, the, well, that that's on brand for the show, for sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so the song is Caveman, track mm-hmm. 8 of 12 of your concept. Uh, and uh, why don't we refresh? Because I have an idea that maybe we could do a longer episode in the future with you for our Patreon, where mm-hmm. we sort of dig into these characters more, like yeah. your video is. Um, uh, and... But let's refresh our listeners. Where are our rock star and Claire at in this point of the story? Because the song title "Caveman" it like lost every survivor on Reddit and all this stuff. And yes. off the top of my head, I was like, I don't know what "Caveman" sounds like. And then I listened to it this week, and I'm like, Holy shit, this song rips! Um, it does. And it, it, I remember the old message board. I'm not sure if you were ever on there. There used to be a message board back in. Uh, it was like 2000 to 2009 or 10 or something. And it was also one of the least popular on there as well. So this song has been quite consistently amongst the lower echelons of Jimmy Wells' music collection. In terms I of wonder popularity. why it has all the twinkly guitars. It has the loud parts. It's, it's it, quintessential. The four-track run from Digits to In the Same Room is probably my favourite 20 minutes of music ever recorded. Nice. I think Caveman is... A stunning piece of music, personally. It's, uh, it showcases what Jimmy World were doing quite a lot at the time, which was uh, very dynamic. The first album was very punky and upbeat and loud. 
clarity was comparatively soft and low tempo, and static prevails mixed both of those mm-hmm. in the way that it would go from extremely quiet to in your face bombastic straight back into quiet. But they did it in such a way that it wasn't jarring on static prevails. It was. I mentioned this in my video. It is the perfect midpoint between the punk of the first album That's true. and the emo of the third album. Speaking of which, and I was just refreshing myself on your video, I just recently got a copy of the original self-titled album from Stinkweed's Records. Yes. And mine is also a clear uh, CD. It's not the black label CD. So there have I'm been interested to see. copies of that found. I'm holding mine here. Um, there are some people that say that there are f- fake copies and that they can tell. Now, I'm not sure how they tell it's fake. They're fake copies, but I mean, I'm looking at mine now. It's got the spaceship on and, and the right. Saturn. I forget if if it was this particular record, but somebody had said that they looked up the serial number on the style of CD, and that CD was not printed by Sony until like '96 or '98, and so it's not possible that. Mine, and that was how they proved it. But I don't remember if it was this self-titled CD or or something else. This CD was made in Taiwan, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I, I don't know. I've got it on CD, whatever. Uh, but that, we were talking I hope about that the wrong because album. I got it from Stinkweeds in Phoenix that it's legit. Because I've got quite a, I've got quite a lot of rare stuff actually, mostly in that era, sort of ninety five to ninety seven. I've got a little uh, Static Rails cassette with just four tracks on it, which is quite an interesting find. Do you think but, that was like a promo tape or? Yeah, it must have been. It's. Uh, I mean, I would show you, but unfortunately, we're only doing audio. But... Oh yeah, but uh, I wonder, does it say somewhere on there like record coming in the fall or whenever this record was released? I didn't write the date down yet. Four cuts from the full-length album Static Prevails, hitting the proverbial street sometime <laughs> this summer. Ah, there you go. There we go. Yeah, so that is a promotional. I think it says not for uh, promotional copy, not for sale somewhere as well. Yeah, promotional promotional use only. I've got a lot of stuff that says that on it. <laughs> so yes, tangents. Only. We're good at them. Um, we are very good at Rockstar tangents. and Claire. Rockstar right, yes. and Claire. Where are we at in this point of the story with Caveman? My theories have developed over time. It was, it's was been quite a few years since um, I, I made that video. But the, the stories remain largely intact. I've now split it into three acts. Okay. Delineated by long instrumental passages. So the first half of the album from Thinking That's All down to episode four is these two characters coming together and splitting away from, well, her family. He doesn't have a family. Splitting away from her family. Uh, The second act is Digits through the end of Caveman, where they are together, but they're having a few struggles. And then the final act, delineated by the instrumental section of World is Static, is where they they essentially break up and go their separate ways. So Caveman is part of the uh, the inner struggle that these two characters are having. Digits was him speaking to her. Caveman is her speaking to him. And he is referred to as this caveman-like figure, very basal, primitive instincts. Which is sort of what we get with the whole rock star character that was addressed in the first half, where it's very much uh, not attached to anything, uh, very impulsive, and that's reflected in this caveman sort of character. Now you see, I, I've, I've thought this stuff through. You yeah, can probably man. tell. <laughs> probably uh, too much time on my hands. 
Um, when when do you think this idea started forming in your head that hey, there might be something more uh, to this because, record? Well, a lot of concept out. I've listened to a few concept albums. A lot of my favorite bands do it. I'm very much a prog uh, listener, um, which is straight. It's strange why I like Jimmy Eat World because they're sort of punky. <laughs> Yeah, and they're pretty much opposite sides of the rock spectrum. But I, I'm going off on a tangent again, aren't I? Where was I? Uh, I'm very good at that today. I'm not used to that. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, uh, when you started developing this idea, ah, uh, yeah, a lot of these progressive acts do concept albums, and there are a lot of reprisals in concept albums uh, and refrains, and that is where things are repeated uh, in a, in within a story arc. Stories go. They all. They always follow the same route. I forget who coined the term, but there's a, every story follows basically the same route. You've got a beginning, an introduction, uh, something happens to them, then there's a conflict, then there's a resolution. And this album, as I was listening to it, I thought I was listening to the lyrics and the the instrumentation, and it felt story like. It seemed to go in a logical order, and when I delved further into the lyrics, it followed that story. The first half is people coming together. And the middle is struggle, and the end is people departing from each other. And there are recurring lines of story. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to um, go into full-on remembering mode to pick out all of them. But there's a lot of mentions sure. of White House and White Walls. Right. That's in the latter half of the album where these two are together and struggling. So I'm picturing that's where they're living together or trying to live together. Ah. There's a lot of talk about stars, space in the first half, which is where I see um, that's almost like the, the the mutual dream that they're having, that they'll, uh, they'll fly off into the proverbial space together, which is what you're getting called in the air and episode four. And there's yep. just all these little bits that fall, fall into this logical order. The only monkey wrench in this is Robot Factory, which I'm still struggling to fit in. But even now, that has got little bits in it. Um, where there's talk of fighting, and we had that back in Caveman. This, this, whatever mm. the fight is. Um, so, Zach's wrong. maybe, m- <laughs> maybe this might help because I, I never would have guessed what Robot Factory was about. But recently, did you see that Jim had posted on Instagram a photo of something off the freeway and just wrote the caption "Robot Factory." And it made me wonder if whatever this... It looks like an oil refinery or something, which I don't think there are many in Phoenix, but that's sort of what it looks like. It's just this big Borg ship-looking thing off of the freeway in Phoenix. And maybe he's passing it by while driving on the freeway. And maybe that's... Oh, this would would have been her character. Oh, yes. Or or maybe she's driving by. Another thing that struck me about this album in terms of the story is that it, Tom and Jim split the lead vocals. And yes. it seems to me that for the majority of it, depending on who the song is about, they switch vocalists. And it seems pretty consistent that all these things, it's, it's like Jimmy Eat World have this massive elephant in their room. It has a trunk, it has four legs, and it, it makes elephant noises. And I'm pointing these things out, and Zach is sat there saying, no, it's a hedgehog. And I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, you made this thing, but to me it looks like a bloody elephant. It's about twice the height of me. It's got a big bloody nose. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. <laughs> but I, I understand. I understand that I am probably wrong. 
Because I think the band would have made this clear at some point somewhere. But it's just maybe it's, maybe it's just such a coincidence that it all flows into this long story with these consistent characters, with these refrains and consistent yeah. lyrical uh, motifs. I don't know. Well, we do have outside influences as well. So we have Mark Trombino and Wes Kidd producing, and then you've got Craig Aronson overseeing the whole thing. He's the EP on it. So maybe from Zach's point of view, we were just a band that wrote some songs. But Craig, who works for Capitol, and Mark Trombino and Wes Kidd might have influenced a, um, a an order to put the songs and orchestrated transitions like the one between digits and again i'm 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 going down this rabbit hole with you i want to believe um orchestrated the 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 oral transition between digits and caveman with the crickets and the sense of night which elicits another visual of stars and uh and things like that i'm gonna go into full conspiracy mode here oh yes please it's funny how these two long, seemingly out of place instrumental sections between uh, at the start of Digits and the start of World is Static fall precisely where I see these skips of time would naturally happen in this story. Right. Uh, call me mad. <laughs> but re- <laughs> regards to Caveman and the story I see within Caveman, people have always wondered what the hell Caveman was all about. Tom has always had a strange, almost metaphorical way with his lyrics. I mean, I remember the first episode that you did, and the first one I listened to was Opener. Yes. And even then, the lyrics just seemed bizarre. Really bizarre. And it's somewhere, I think, halfway between metaphorical and referential. Sure. There seems to be a lot of referential stuff in there. And not being American, a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Right. The only time Caveman has made sense to me, and obviously still does, is when I put it into the context of this story. So if we go through the lyrics, a monster lives in your backyard, the two by two by fours are making their way around. This is the point where they've started to make a life together, and she's seeing this other side of him, this almost caveman, primitive, um, uncaring sort of side. And the two by fours is, is, a, is a fence. Oh, you probably know. Okay. It's, it's, the, it's the building blocks of a fence. So he's building this barrier around this house, holding them together and keeping them together. She can't escape. Move forward in the story into Anderson Mesa, run around or jump the fence. Oh. You see what I mean? (laughs) I'm digging it, man. Yeah, so, Monster lives in your backyard. My tinfoil hat is on, man. This guy is not who I thought he would be, and now I'm trapped with him. Uh, What's the next lyric? The big get bigger when the fight's done. That's him. How did I how did I reason this to myself? Him becoming more and more possessive as time goes by. And but at this point we've established in digits that they're having scuffles, uh, verbal fights and what have you. So this is um it's becoming more and more tense every time they have these arguments. The one lyric that does throw me is a man with a shovel is gonna dig deep down to find out where it leads. Now before anyone points this out because i'm sure somebody out there probably will when i did my cover of this song i sang to find out where it feeds which is what it says on genius yes but that's why because i recorded these in a bit of a rush really so i just put the lyrics up on 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 my screen and that's where it's what it was there so i sang feeds 
I think it's Leeds. That makes way more sense. It makes a lot more sense. Unless you're talking about... That's the thing. It only makes sense in the context of my little story. Um, <laughs> sure. There's also... Part of me thinks that they wrote this as a political song. Well, yeah, they mentioned the White House, yeah. And the two-by-fours could be, yeah, a fence, but almost a, a metaphor to a, um, a border. I don't right. Know. Maybe this is a song about Trump and they were prophesizing the 2016 election or something like that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's even more far-fetched than my idea, <laughs> personally. Uh, what, what else, what other lyrics do we have in here? Yeah, the... Um, What's the second verse again? A catalog full of nothing good. The White House ponders no remorse. Which, yeah, yeah. now I am thinking, is this a border song? <laughs> I don't know where the catalog... This is what I mean by Tom Linton has these really obscure, overly metaphorical lyrics that are just so... I think he's the only person in the world who knows what he's talking about. It's so, Totally. Totally. <laughs> Uh, I wonder, then, uh, this doesn't lend to your story, but it, I imagine now a kid looking through like the Toys R Us catalog at Christmas and he says, this is nothing good. And the White House is metaphorical of the CEO of Toys R Us putting nothing good in there and doesn't care that, you know, that has nothing to do with your story. But that's yeah, that's well, how my mind works. The, the catalog of nothing good part is her character reflecting, oh, sure, yeah. on, reflecting on who he is as a person and taking heed of what they her family said back in 17, warning her okay. that you're making a mistake here. And she's looking through this catalogue of a man and finding out this isn't what I wanted. There's nothing good for me here. Ah. The White House, uh, later referenced on in, in the same room, uh, the white walls blank. Um, the White House shows no remorse. I forgot what I said about that, but I thought of something. I need to write this down. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, how people will say that arguments haunt these halls. Arguments, you know, an argument can haunt a room long after the fact. Yeah, a room can remind be, yeah. you of a shitty argument that happened. So yeah. uh, any so arguments I that they had in this house have ruined the the dream that they had of living here together now mm -hmm. makes them sick or something so, like that. After so many years of nobody knowing what the hell Caveman is about, I think that I, humble little me, I've come up with a solution. <laughs> and it's in context of this story. It's about two people who have been arguing a lot. One side has decided there's nothing for me anymore in this relationship. And of course, as we go further through this story after the um, the time skip at the start of World is Static, she's, get, she's getting contacted via phone by her friends. Hence the, uh, the actual static noise at the start of In the Same Room. Um, basically saying... We miss you, come back. And that leads to abandoning. Right, that's uh, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas, I really appreciate you coming on. I would actually love to revisit this in a much longer full episode if you'll be if if you're down to do it again. Yeah, and I'd we can put that. that version up on Patreon and really put our tinfoil hats on. And maybe yes. me and Justin can both be on the call and really like Really delve into science. the story <laughs> yeah. we can become the characters uh, ourselves we can act the parts. and you know what i dare tom and or zach to come on the show and discredit you that's yes <laughs> please and i'll show them how they're wrong and i'll say right when you wrote this what you were really thinking was this <laughs> <laughs> so other than your uh, static prevails cover album which is absolutely awesome and so glad that you did it uh where else can people find you on the internet 
Oh, good question. Um, I'm a videographer, but I'm not sure people will be uh, interested in that, considering most of your audience are probably American and probably wouldn't want to sure. pay the travel for me to come over and film them. Sure, yeah. Um, so I don't think we really want to know that. Uh, apart from that, I am a heap of games on Reddit. Uh, my chat, my YouTube channel is a heap of games, uh, which hasn't been that active recently because I've been busy with other projects. But occasionally, I'll, I'll upload something. Um, uh, that's pretty much it, really. Awesome. Well, again, I really thank you for coming on. Thank you for at least listening to the opener episode. It's awesome to know that people listen and care. I've listened to a few of them, <laughs> most mostly the older songs because that's usually my bag. Oh, that's right. Oh, but, that was the other question I had: is when the video had come out, you had sort of picked and chose what you listened to on Invented, but really, or on uh, Integrity Blues. But since Invented, you hadn't really dug in. Have you listened to Surviving? And what did you think? Yes, I have. Now, the thing about modern day Jimmy World is that I have to be in the mood. I, right. I find Jimmy World a bit too poppy these days. When they started covering Taylor Swift and Rihanna, I thought this <laughs> isn't so this isn't really any longer the band for me. But I will sure. say, Integrity Blues is a very good album. A very yeah. good album. Damage uh, that Damage is where I fell off the bandwagon really when I think what was the first single? Was it Appreciation or I Will Steal You Back? I think it was I Will Steal You Back was the lead was, single yeah. on that, yeah. When that one came out that was when I gave up for a while because I thought, I've heard this song before. The big problem mm. with Jimmy Eat World is a lot of the songs, I'm, af- I'm afraid to say this because this is a Jimmy Eat World podcast and I don't want to be critical of Jimmy oh. Eat World on it. No, 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 please. Yeah, we're critical when it when it counts. But they can be very, very repetitive. And I know some people like that. That's what pop is. Pop music, by definition, can't be different. Popular means that it's already popular. Right. So... But Jimmy Well being a pop band, they're no longer pushing the boundaries like they were back in, uh, probably say between 95 and 99. Uh, they became a different band. Yeah. But I've listened to Surviving, I bought the CD, and Integrity Blues. Damage, I still can't quite get along with. It's just too samey. But there are moments on the latter two albums, or the later two albums, I should say, that really drew me in. For example, on Integrity Blues, through is so yeah, doing that it's fantastic it is a brilliant <laughs> song um paul roger is a good song as well very atmospheric there are a couple more tracks in there that i quite like I can, a, a few that i've heard before not sure. literally but i've heard that song in another song surviving i strangely i like 555 or 555 or whatever they call it i was interested in what you thought of it because it is a huge left turn it it is, and I quite like I quite like that because my biggest criticisms of Jimmy Eat World is that they became very formulaic after Futures, very formulaic at times. So for them to take these turns, it always keeps me interested. Same with uh, Congratulations on that album as well. I thought it was a big shift, and I love when that happens. That's why I still buy Jimmy Eat World because I know there'll be at yeah. least two or three songs where I think that's good. I like it. I can listen yeah. to that. <laughs> a lot of the songs I'll skip over, but. There are very few bands out there that have albums that you can listen all the way through on repeat. Yeah. But yeah, modern day Jimmy World, not as good as say 95 to 99 era, but I still But I love that you're still listening. listening. Definitely still worth listening. And they do crank out, they usually save one or two spots in their set list for the really old obscure tracks, which is really fun to hear modern Jimmy World doing. One thing I haven't mentioned, that we probably should have mentioned since it is the Caveman episode, I think Caveman's the only one that I haven't heard 
or seen video of them doing it live. I didn't find anything yet. Nope. Yeah. It's the only one. I mean, you could, songs like Anderson Mesa, there's like one really crappy quality video somewhere on YouTube. But <laughs> yeah. it's there. There's a live version somewhere, even if it's absolutely crap. Caveman, no. Nothing. Which is why, Jimmy Eat World, if you are listening, as a British man, I demand that you put, you make space for Caveman at least once in the next tour. Yeah, assuming that would world, be nice, wouldn't it? Assuming COVID ever ends and we get to a next tour. Yeah. They should have done it at that uh, that show they uh, that um, wooden blue record show that they did. They should have put. Oh, um, one thing I did put on Reddit that not, hardly anyone replied to. One of the things that Marillion do is they do convention weekends where they end up playing about six hours of music. I forgot you had posted that. I loved that idea. Nobody could. Nobody else put suggestions. I was quite disappointed. <laughs> I think it was a lot to think about because I was did. A lot to I, think about. I think all I commented was how much I love the idea, but yeah, to, to sit down and plan like what I would want to see. I mean, I'd love to see all of the singles album played, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Better than O needs to be played again. They played that one in 2000. I wish I was, I was there to see that. But yeah. That's a quality job. All right, Thomas, until next time, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed being on the show. I appreciate us making the time zone thing work. It's still a hot day here in Los Angeles and you're ending your evening. Yes. Thank you very much for that. Difficult Brit as always. (laughs) Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Thank you very much, mate.